On this podcast, we strive to connect fascinating and successful people to the next generation. But today in the route March, I'd like to change it up a bit and in partnership with the Rise Initiative, highlight some of the fascinating and successful people of my generation. For those who don't know about RISE, RISE is a program that finds promising young people and provides opportunity for life as they serve others. An initiative of Schmidt Futures and the Rhodes Trust, RISE is the anchor of a $1 billion commitment from Eric and Wendy Schmidt to find and support global talent. Throughout this month, I'll be talking with three of the winners of the RISE Challenge from various years. To begin this trilogy, I'll be speaking with Howie Annette Otiambo in honor of International Women's Day. From Kenya, Howie works at the intersection of technology and agriculture. For her RISE project, she built on an existing project, designing a prototype for a water system to support farming in Kenya. Her model uses only recycled materials, and she has involved farmers themselves in its design. She also created instruction booklets for the rural farmers in both English and Swahili for accessibility. In the future, she hopes to study international relations and Chinese to create sustainable relations within countries in East Africa. And with that, I'm Taylor Bledsoe, and this is the Aiming for the Moon podcast, where I interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. If you like what you hear today, please write the podcast and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook at Aiming the Number Four Moon. You can check out our links to our merchandise, Lessons from Interesting People newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests at aimingforthemoon.com. For all of my other meanderings, go to taylorgbledsoe.com. And with that, let's get right into the show. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome, Howie, to Aiming for the Moon. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me here, Taylor. So you are a RISE Global winner. And to start off, could you tell us what you did to get this award? And yeah, what project did you tackle? I promise you, I cannot even start to begin to explain how I made it here. But I do want to say I'm very thankful to everyone who's helped me make it here to be a global winner, um, especially for RISE. Um, How I would say I did it is through my project, and I can take you through that. Uh, Basically, what I did was that for my high school project, I created a prototype of an aquaponics system which basically grows both plants and fish in a closed-circuited system run by water. So whilst the plants are being uh, fed nutrients from the fish, the fish get their oxygen from the plants, and it's just recurring, and it just keeps going on. And I think how I came about this project is I was, whilst I was doing research on what I wanted to do for my high school project, I stumbled upon the word sustainability. And at that time, it was like... 2018 2019 you know we're starting to get more into sustainability um all core values of sustainability so physically mentally emotionally culturally agriculturally so i think at that moment i was just fascinated by sustainability and what i could do towards my community um using that word sustainability and i have never been a person of science technology math all those good stuff. So whilst I was diving into um, sustainability, I decided, let me challenge myself. I am a social studies person. So when I decided to dive into the sciences area, I did not know where it was going to take me. And I'm so happy it brought me to aquaculture and just the basics of aquaculture and how sustainability forms a direct link to agriculture and how we can you know, better our society. And whilst I was diving into it, I think I really wanted to do 
something that could be taken up both locally and globally. Because I think that during humanities lesson that time, I heard the word localization versus globalization. And I think at that point, I was just like, this is perfect. What more can I do about this? So through a bunch of research, a bunch, um, a bunch of going through a few interviews and just engaging with my local community, I decided to settle on taking up aquaponics and researching on how I can use aquaponics to alleviate or to form one of the solutions to alleviate the drought situation that was currently going on in a community close to mine, which is Danze Kilifi. And yeah, that's how I came about. So as you kind of approached this project, now you said you weren't a person of science. And yeah. so how did you go about kind of inserting yourself into the science and figuring out how to get to where you eventually did get? Um, so I think one of the things I was doing at that time, and I think our school really pushed for this, was to be a risk taker and, you know, go with the flow, see what you like, see what you can learn to like. And I think at that point, I was in my era of learning to like a bunch of things. So especially with science, which I know I've never been the best with, I think it it took a lot of putting myself out there, making sure I create a schedule on what exactly are the sciences behind aquaponics, what I can learn to take up, what I can challenge myself to understand. And also like a lot of communication with my friends who who love science and my teachers who are great science professors as well. It really helped me to kind of ease my way into the science field and kind of learn, especially with agriculture, what I like. And it also helps that um, part of my family, like from my mom's side, are farmers. So it was very nice to listen to what they would tell me about their farming and being from a different region that we were staying, how they work with farming there and how maybe I could use aquaponics or just like hydroponics to kind of better farming. Yeah, it's it's very interesting what you did. So the other thing I found fascinating about it is you also created an instruction manual in both English and Swahili. So can you explain yeah. that process as well? Okay, um, a little bit about my background is with Kenyans, we've both grown up learning English and Swahili. I think that's just been a thing for us. So I think our official languages of instruction is both English and Swahili. So when I started my project, I started it with English. So all my research, everything I had compiled and created into an instruction booklet was in English. But once I think I took myself to the community and I realized like Swahili is one of their first languages and their main language of communication, I realized it would not be fair for me to prompt something for them and expect them to learn all this science words in English and all that. So I the first session that I had was me realizing and being open-minded to the fact that English might not just be the only way of communication for some of these farmers. So I went back, um, did more research, engaged with um, some of the people who are around me, like um, one of the people who used to work closely with my aunt really helped me translate my booklet from English to Swahili. So we went over... Um, farming words in Swahili. I was learning so many Swahili words I had never learned in my life. And I created a new booklet now in Swahili so that the farmers could be able to understand the material that I was sending out much better. And it also really helped for me to, you know, learn as we go. You know, it's one one of those things where being bilingual means like you're not fully in one language. You're like trying to immerse yourself within both languages. And 
I struggled, but I'm so happy that I was able to create both an English and Swahili booklet. What is the future of this project? Are you going to continue working with this and kind of trying to integrate this into some of the communities? Mm-hmm. Um, or are, is this kind of something that you've kind of, you want to move on and do other projects? That's a great question. <laughs> and I've been thinking about it, I think, ever since I realized that I won't be able to fully engage with my project now that I'm an international student. Um, there has been times where I felt a little bit detached from my project simply because it's like I'm not I'm no longer in the area where this project started and I no longer feel like I'm getting as much like as close to the ground as I'd want to be. So for now, the future of the project is that it is still a project in the making. I'm still researching about it. I think I'm also researching other aspects of sustainability that I would love to include within this project. Um, some of the things have to do with creating locally sustained, um, locally produced products. But for now, it is a project on hold. And I think during this time, like I'm realizing, like I'm growing up and realizing like what I did when I was like around 16, 15 years old is probably not what I'm going to be doing now that I'm like 19, heading to 20. So I'm hopefully, you know, I hopefully do want to take this project up in the future. And I really do hope that it comes into fruition. But for now, it's on pause. <laughs> but yes. What are some of the skills you learned trying to create this project? Mm-hmm. I think one of the most important skills that I did um, learn during this project really had to do with the course of sustainability. Because I think sometimes, or like by the time I was doing this, like I just knew sustainability had to be something that was making sure that the future of like future generations get to make it to the future generations. I don't think I had fully understood like the core values of sustainability and how we can use it in our daily lives. So one of the things I did have to learn was how how can you start sustainability on a personal level before you go into a local level, you know, national and then international level. So it's one of the things I had to learn. One of the other things I had to learn was being open-minded in that by the time I was introducing this project to my community, I was barely 16 years old. Um, I, I was a kid in high school. So it almost felt like I don't want to push on my ideas to some other people who might not really accept it. And it might be a big adjustment for them. So it would be very unfair of me to kind of push for a project without being open-minded towards other people's uh, circumstances and like their background. So it took a lot of me learning history for me to understand how I could use my project to kind of alleviate both present and future situations that might occur. So I think those are the two things I had to, I had to kind of go through (laughs) to make it to where I am. As a high school student creating this project, obviously you're still in school, so you're managing your schoolwork and all the projects associated with that. How did you balance trying to research in this whole different field that, I mean, there are many experts who have devoted their entire lives to this. Um, How did you balance the two aspects? Uh, So by the time, because currently I am in college right now, but by the time I was doing this, uh, this research and everything, I think one of the key things I really, really had to learn 
was time management and allocating time for reading, allocating time to do homework, allocating time to do research and the actual building of this pro- uh, project. And what I do think my high school for is that pushing this project allowed me to actually have time to devote um actually helped me create time for myself whereby I was doing research on my own but at the same time the school helped me kind of push for the creation of my own research or doing like creation of time for my own research be it talking to professors be it um engaging with some of the school counselors um creating uh schedules in which I could engage with the community as well really pushed for it so if there's one thing i think i would urge anyone who wants to start like learning a whole new sector that you've never gotten into is time management and also kind of creating that that character of being proactive in that you know you're putting yourself in a situation whereby you want to do this research you're going to um sit aside create a booklet and create like a to-do list of how you want to tackle the research if you're very much into reading history books then i would urge you to create time for reading those history books because i struggled reading history books <laughs> for this project and it really helped going onto like youtube and seeing what other people have done in the past and using them as like a citation reference and kind of using some of the processes that they've done and they've created and kind of adapting it into what i think would work for the community that i'm um targeting So I think that's one of the main things like that really helps shape my approach to the research. If you were going to give other young people and other high schoolers who wanted to tackle something, some project like this for their community, mm. what advice would you give them? Uh that's a great question. I feel like one of the things that my mom and my aunt really pushed for when I was doing this project is the understanding that the world is your oyster like never let any opportunity pass you by and with a great deal of determination you can actually get yourself to where you want to be or what you want to do and i think hearing this constantly i think growing up as well as especially during this project it really did kind of create this mechanism in my thinking whereby sometimes i'd feel like the pressure of learning or the pressure of understanding research or sometimes like the imposter syndrome was overbearing me i'd remind myself you know what i am in this world to learn i am in this world to create i am in this world to do whatever my heart desires so long as i am also you know like kind of looking at the community i'm in and also just pushing for the betterment of people because in this world it doesn't cost you anything to be kind <laughs> so i think that's one of the things that i would really urge people especially of our generation our age group to do is like push for things you're passionate about be very determined you know don't let any opportunity pass you by and in fact i was talking to my friend this evening her name is Faye she did mention that you know don't let blessings pass you by because you're sleeping and that stuck with me especially now that i'm talking about it it's like keep your eyes open you know open yourself to learning be very open minded be very ready to take risks um be very ready to fail 
at the same time, be very ready to pick yourself up, dust yourself up, and continue. But yes. That is a great quote. That's like, that's that's one of those quotes that you should put on a meme or put on your wall or something exactly. just to constantly remind you. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that for my dorm room because sometimes I wake up and, you know, classes are overbearing and I'm thinking, Lord, how am I meant to go on? <laughs> but, you know, I have to keep reminding myself, you can't let blessings pass you by. Yeah, that's it's such a great line. Yeah. So our last two questions are, what books have had an impact on you? So... I have ne- I've never been one who's been big on reading, but this year I have urged myself to read books. And I currently, whilst I was on my exploring the area around me um, a walk, I picked up this book. It's by Bernadine Evaristo, and it's called Girl, Woman, Other. And basically, I urged myself to be focusing especially on Black women literature And this book basically talks about like growing up as a Black woman here in the UK, especially in Britain, and what that means. And it has 12 different different storylines and how they all interconnect. And right now, it has been keeping me up well past my bedtime, which, you know, is very exciting for me. But at the same time, it's you know, one of those things where, again, time management has to come to play. But I would urge everyone to get on this book. <laughs> that sounds great. That's always one of the best experiences when you're so sucked into a book that you keep reading it. But then also you wake exactly. up the next morning like, like, gosh, that was 2.30 by the time exactly. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Our last question is, what advice do you have for teenagers or other young people? Um, apart from not letting any... Uh, opportunities pass you by I think one of the main things I would really urge for um, people especially my age that I know I've like suffered a lot with is like live your life don't be too rigid Um, like don't constrain yourself simply because there's been very many things that have kind of forced you to kind of create a box around yourself like I think that's one of the very many things I'm also trying to get out of like creating a routine and, you know, sticking to it because again, status quo doesn't really do anything for everyone rather than make life easy. So no challenge yourself, take up risks. You never thought you would take, Um, you know, go on that podcast, you know, Um, (laughs) listen to a bunch of podcasts. If you don't listen to engage yourself in a new genre of music, it could be very small tasks, but they definitely build you up into taking bigger risks. You know, you never know. I might be skydiving tomorrow (laughs) simply because I took smaller risks right now. But yes. Well, thank you, Howie, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yes. Thank you so much, Taylor. Those are some great questions to ask. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully all of you guys enjoyed it. If you liked it, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at aimingthenumber4moon. If you go to our website, aimingforthemoon.com, you can find links to our merch, the Lessons from Interesting People newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. Yeah, if you want to see any of my other meanderings, go to taylorglidso.com. And with that... Again, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to set your sights high 
and aim for the moon.